Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nixon. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Caps. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. Today will be week three of the Inner Circle, delivering a solo early week edition. Two weeks ago, we had Phil Wickwar with training versus exercise. Last week, we had Rick Jones with what to say when there's nothing to say. And today, we have Chance Potts. Our minds can play tricks on us, and our hearts can deceive us. Where is the foundation of your thoughts or your thinking? What do you trust? What do you rely on in life, in great times, in the mundane times, and in the challenging opportunities that life can hit us with? common question of athletes in difficult times or maybe when they're not on the field is who are you now? Well, I'd like to ask another question, maybe a little deeper question. What do you think now? When those challenging opportunities in life happen, what do you think now? My name is Chance Potts. I'm a husband of 30 years, a father of four boys, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a coach. My mind today has been playing tricks on me as I committed to do this podcast for Coach Perry, one of my best friends. I'm a firm believer in never stop getting better, and I love what he does here and how he pours into people and how he gets better through the process. But my mind, nonetheless, has been playing tricks on me. Maybe no different than many of you when you step out to do something that's an unfamiliar, uncomfortable. And, you know, it plays tricks on me like, you know, who am I to be doing something like this? Or plays tricks on the message. You know, is this message, does it really need to be shared? You know, I've shared it a few times. Does it need to be shared again? Um, Is it worthy of being shared? I know it is now, so I don't say that lightly now, but I still have the same mental battles that go on. That's like, okay, but instead of my story, maybe somebody needs to hear other people's stories. And while sometimes I think that is true, we all have a story. Or maybe my mind plays tricks on me on what you think. What are you going to think about me? How good do you think I'm going to be? How much do you think I'm going to suck? Um, You know, just being honest. The dichotomy of my life 
is interesting. First, I have to admit that a number of years ago, I didn't even know what the word dichotomy meant. Um, I majored in recess in college, so somehow I got through. I'm thankful sports got me in. I'm thankful the camaraderie of sports got me committed to stay and finish. Um, but while I sincerely care too much about what people think, the opposite has become true, or maybe not the opposite, but a different dichotomy. And that is that I quit caring so much about what other people think of me, and I started caring so much more about what other people think of themselves. And I'm thankful for those mind shifts in life and the times when that happens. Because in my life, when you look at the first quarter, it was really modeled by a lot of dysfunction. Not complete dysfunction because my mom was very functional. She struggled through her path. Um, she had a, a major you know, marathon, if you want to call it. Uh, many challenges in life, but one of them was when my dad left when I was very young. He, my mom was left with my older sister, me, and my younger brother, Ty, who lived to be 22 years of age and had severe cerebral palsy. And so I watched my mom feed him every meal, bathe him every day, change every diaper for 22 plus years. A true joyful perseverance. Not happy every day. A joyful perseverance. But in the second quarter of my life, well, let me wrap up my first quarter. I didn't mention this. The dysfunction really heavily came from my dad and I didn't want to duplicate it. 10% of what my dad shared with me was priceless and I we don't have time for that today, but it truly was priceless and I'm thankful that I had a dad that loved me and I loved him, but 90% of my dad's life was dysfunctional and it was easy to be duplicated and it's not what I wanted to duplicate. And we don't have time to get into all that story either, but that was the first quarter of my life. And honestly, it, it went well into the second quarter, but in the second quarter, I started to see and experience and get to know people like Jim Rohn, the late Jim Rohn, who shared things with me like, you are the average of the five people you're around the most, or don't wish life was easier, wish you were better. Or the late Zig Ziglar, who I got to see in person, um, would say things like, you, if you help enough other people get what you want, you can get what, or if you help enough other people get what they want, you can get what you want. And I love that because it's a team thing. It's not just because I want to get what I want. It's that path makes getting what I want more fulfilling by helping other people. And he shared many other things, but there were many other mentors and people along the way that I just saw that I went from searching and seeing what was dysfunction to searching for a new direction. And the most core and foundational piece of that ended up being some people in my life, my wife's life. Um, she knew Mike and Jada Denbo and Mike became a pastor in my life early on as we met him through where my wife worked and became involved in a church. And I gave my life to Christ in my twenties and it's been an amazing and interesting journey ever since. But I've had pastors, I've had many mentors and people in my life to give me a better direction of thinking. And I could mention many of them, but we'll just move on to chapter three. Because chapter three of my life, the focus is on my response. And while that has been a factor throughout my entire life, how do I respond to adversity? How do I respond to the mundane? How do I respond to the phenomenal times in life? 
I heard a mentor say in business one time that one of the greatest obstacles to success is a little bit. You know, sometimes we can think the big and great things that happen in life, or at least they're perceptively great because they're in the world's eyes of, you know, major milestones, when in reality they could become some of our biggest challenges and adversity that we're going to face because sometimes a little bit of success can be one of our greatest adversities. But there's desired adversity and there's undesired adversity. I hope you place desired adversity in front of you. I hope you challenge yourself physically, mentally, even spiritually to grow, relationally and financially. I hope you challenge yourself and put desired adversity and challenge in front of you. I hope you have an inner circle of people and mentors and, and an inner circle of, um, of brothers and sisters that challenge you to grow so that you can give more. But I want to share with you how not just to go through adversity, but to grow and even give through life's biggest and most challenging opportunities. I want to share with you the way. We don't have time to get into all the backstory right now, but there's a lot of story behind the story to the event that I'm going to share with you right now. Where I'll start is November 15th. It's before 5 a.m. I don't know the exact time. I know it was way before the sun came up. And I have this overwhelming feeling of gratitude that wakes me up. Complete clarity. Can't go back to sleep. Have a guest from out of town staying in my home. It's become a great friend. And building another business. And, and I've been fortunate to build a few businesses and help others do the same. But this overwhelming gratitude just wakes me up. I go to the kitchen, make a cup of coffee, and I grab a yellow eight and a half by 11 notebook and I write line by line on the entire three pages of things I'm grateful for. It was an amazing morning. The next few days, my wife and I leave for a trip to California. This trip was kind of unique in that it was an educational trip mixed with fun. And so we're going to California to enjoy the countryside, but we're also going because the title of this trip ironically, is to master the art of living. And it's not a faith-based trip. Um, there are definitely people there that are faith-led, but that's not the focus. It was really more, you know, let's not just go out and grow business success and income success. A lot of the things the world searches for and wants to find without um, gaining success in other areas of our life, without respecting the priorities with, and definitely you know, considering not neglecting them, like to the worst, right? So we're at this event, Mastering the Art of Living, thinking about these things, enjoying our time. We get home, and a few days later, it's November 26th, 2014. The night before Thanksgiving, my wife gets a phone call, and life paused. We find our way in our car. She was told that our son Landon, who was 17, had been in an accident with some friends and we had to find our way to that accident. We get to the accident, it's a horrific scene. Thankfully, they did not let us go up close. There's a helicopter, police, highway patrol, ambulance, you name it, all the parent, multiple paramedics. It's a lot worse than what we really knew. We didn't know anything when they called because they didn't know or they just knew maybe not to tell us. 
The entire drive out there, I was praying. And we get out there, and I don't know how much later it was, but later into the evening, somebody came to the top of the hill. I don't remember if it was male or female. I just know it was somebody working the scene. And they told us that our son Landon didn't make it. My wife and I hugged each other for quite a while. And then the first thing she said to me was, this can't break us. Without thinking, my immediate response to her was, we can't add anything negative to this. Who am I now? What is my foundation? What am I thinking now? I knew something vividly from that moment during the drive home that I was so dreading because we had family waiting for us that had driven to our home. One son was asleep, the rest of the family was awake and we had to pull in the driveway and walk in the house and tell them what happened. I can't even describe to you the feeling that that was. But the whole way I was driving home, I realized my wife, my boys, and our family are gonna be watching us consciously and subconsciously every step of the way. It's not about me. It's really about me remembering that I was watching my mom. She showed me an enduring love and an enduring perseverance that I just couldn't even imagine going through. And it hit me in my 20s how significant it was. And that gave me antennas to be very respectful of the challenges that other people go through in life. So I've always stopped, paused, thought about the challenges people face, whether it be clients of mine, friends of mine, acquaintances, however close it may be, whatever I would learn from it, or even somebody I might learn about their inspiring story and not even know them, I would do my absolute best to respect and honor some percentage of that. I can't be in their shoes, but I can live another day better than I did before because I can honor the fact and respect the fact that they've gone through that challenge. What do I think now? Who am I now? With every thought and emotion flooding my mind, at the same time seemingly void of all thought and emotion, I said one thing repeatedly. God, please fill me and flow through me. The next few days, weeks ahead, I am in this fog, can't sleep, exhausted, on fumes, yet I'm present at everything going on. Grief encounters for the first time over and over and over again. In other words, what I mean is each time we saw someone new, Sherry and I would encounter another grief encounter for the first time because it was their first interaction with us. They grieved with us. Each meal that we would have or small gathering that we might have, 
amazingly and unbelievably in my own mind, I was asked to be the one to pray. There were a few times that Mike was there and he did lead us, which I'm extremely thankful for to this day. But there were so many times that I was asked to pray and on the inside, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how can I do this? I just lost my son. I would look at our, my wife's grandfather, our grandfather, Papa is what we call him. He's the pillar of our family in faith and many things. And I would think, man, I wish he could pray, but he was too broken up. He was too choked up to bring himself to pray. So I would ask God, just please fill me and flow through me. And I would pray. I don't remember what I prayed. It was probably pretty simple. But I did it. Planning our son's services and thereafter over the next almost 10 years, it's amazing to see that it's almost 10 years. There are many things that I've learned from my responses. Many of my responses have been poor. Some of them, I'm not sure exactly how I responded. And oftentimes, my responses have been better. What's the foundation of our response that determines our way? I wanna take you through a few things to think about that I think about and that I've thought about a lot through these last 10 years that have a big impact on how I face or don't through adversity and how we either go through it or, go, or grow through it. And I have one final way that has been the lasting and sustaining way that does help me grow and give through this adversity. Number one is our view. Our view is what we see literally. It's, you know, one day I'm watching videos of Landon roping his brother in the basement. I'm laughing and thinking of the joy and the gratitude. One of the things I can tell you is my wife and I have stayed focused on being grateful for the 17 years we've had and not being miserable for what we don't have. But the next moment, I might be face to face with this tombstone in disbelief. Our views can change. Literally. One day, it's on our boys or our grandchildren and the joy they bring. And the next day, it's me seeing my wife's hurt that I cannot fix. Again, our views change and cannot be fully trusted alone to sustain us to grow and give through this adversity. The second thing is our perspective. It's different than our view. Our per perspective is what we think we see. It's what we believe about what we see. And there's a lot we could unpack here, but I could be immersed in personal growth and believe or perceive, perceive others are too, which may not be true. Or I could perceive that these choices I'm about to make, they're small, they don't matter that much. It's really not that big of a deal in the moment but they do. But my perspective is at the moment, they don't. And I'm wrong. 
or they could be a perspective that sharing my story is not necessary. I've shared it before. It's not that important. There's others that can share a much better communication or better presentation or better something of a story than what I have to share. Again, that's our mind playing tricks on us and even at times our heart deceiving us. Our perspective in life may stay the same our entire life. The reason I can say that is because I witnessed it by my dad. My dad was probably the same from 26 to 86 when he passed away. He really didn't change his perspective much, not all the years I knew him. Our perspective can also change. It can change by our own thinking. It can change by our experiences. And it can change by our outside influences. Where do your thoughts take you? What or who influences your thinking the most? Our perspective definitely matters, but our perspective is also going to change from time to time with different experiences, maybe even different growth opportunities if we're fortunate enough to have them. The third thing that is such a big part of what we go through here in these challenges in life is our feelings and our emotions. They lead us to our choices, which lead us to who and how we are. And I think we all know that our feelings and emotions can be fleeting. They can change on a regular, daily, moment-by-moment basis. They can't be trusted. I do believe God gave us all the feelings and emotions we're supposed to have. He created us, so I think they're all in us for a reason, but I don't believe they were meant to be controlling us and imprisoning us at times to be inside them without really an awareness of how to get out of it. But our feelings and emotions can change from a.m. to p.m. with music, with movies, with people, with events, with work, or good or bad, maybe there's a little bit of both, with compartmentalizing our feelings and emotions can change. We can just shove it, shove, it, shove it aside like I do or compartmentalize it, put it in a box over there. Like I said, our hearts can deceive us and our minds can trick us. Although we could train our minds to stand firm on a better foundation. Let's go a little deeper. The last item before I get into the way is our beliefs, a deeper rooted bias towards the things I've learned or think I know. I'm not giving you the dictionary version of beliefs or some other personal self-help guru's definition. I'm just giving you mine. It's a deeper rooted bias towards the things I've learned or I think I know. That's what I believe. Good, bad, or indifferent. I'm thankful, like I said, to have had many mentors and people pour good stuff into me to help me think better and believe better and believe beyond what I would have otherwise known. A few of my beliefs are a lot of people search for balance in life. I believe foundation is more important than balance. While we're not promised any amount of time, I do believe time promotes or exposes us. And we don't have time what we have is the opportunity to be present, to be a steward of what we have now, our thoughts, our health, our energy, 
our relationships, our resources, our service, and our contribution. Our beliefs can change. From an event like what we experienced, we could become very angry and bitter. Or, as in my case, what I learned through a particular story that we don't have time to get into now, I learned to forgive in advance. We can believe things are possible, or we can believe that the choices we make to self-sabotage is not that big of a deal, and yet it's limiting what God can do through us to become our best version of us. Beliefs can be a source of trained hope if planted in the right ground. But the reality is our view, our perspective, our feelings and emotions, and even our beliefs can all change. And when we're facing adversity, who knows where they're going to go? Really depends on what you've put in over all the time prior as to what's going to come out. And maybe more importantly, what you've put in most recently in the last month or quarter of your life that may come out during that time of adversity. What I've found is that while these can be helpful and very important, the most important foundation to consistently growing and giving through adversity is the way. The way is something that doesn't change. The way is something we can count on. Our paths, meaning your path, my path, thousands if not millions of people's paths, our views, our perspectives, our feelings, our beliefs, will be very different in multiple ways. With significant adversity, it could be the type of loss we face. With the loss of a child, it could be how we lost the child. And with the loss of a child, it could be at what age did we lose the child. All of those are significant factors that can be different. But we have the significant devastation nonetheless. They're all significant and beyond words challenging to describe at times. But the way provides us the same possible encouragement, endurance, and brand new end. I want to share quickly a verse, or I'm sorry, not a verse, but a quote by John Maxwell. While we cannot go back and begin again, we can always begin a brand new end. How do I begin a brand new end? My way through this adversity? Well, I've shared it a couple of times through this, but I'm going to share it again. God, please fill me and flow through me. It's a simple prayer and a powerful one. I realized my wife and kids are watching. I wanted this to not break us, to stay the course one step at a time. I didn't want to add anything negative to this. I wanted to find the way to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, for the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I'd like to say that that verse has been my top and favorite verse since I was saved in my 20s for deep and meaningful and very scriptural and spiritual reasons. But the facts are it wasn't. It was the last word. It was perseverance. I love sports. I love the underdog. I love people who fight harder than others, who win the mental battle to overcome and win, even though they're not supposed to. But through my journey, my path, this is the scripture verse that stayed with me for so long. And God has taken me through a journey of learning it in reverse. I'll read it again. 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, for the testing of your faith develops perseverance. All these things will change views, perspectives, feelings, beliefs. The way that carried me, challenged me, grew me, and sustained me is the way. What is the way, you ask? Well, I'm not a pastor, Bible scholar, definitely not ordained in anything. Like I said, I majored in recess, but I can tell you straight up 100% with everything in me that I know that the way that has sustained me from before losing my son through losing my son to getting stronger through this and to even giving through this is the way. Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The way doesn't change. Our paths can be so different. They can be so severely different. But the way to get through them and grow through them and give on the other side, the way doesn't change. It's the way for all of us. And the way for me was simple, simpler than I could have ever imagined. My young life, I was trying to figure out how do I follow this Jesus and get better and, you know, stumbling all over myself most of the time and probably not being the great example of who you want to follow in church. But I found it very simply in one simple prayer that we can all say, God, please fill me and flow through me. I can attest that if you pray that prayer, he is the way, he is the truth, and he does bring life from any circumstance, including death. Your steps will be different. Your path will lead you to different words, different scriptures. Your way will have different daily habits, different commitments and challenges. Your journey will be yours, but the way is Jesus. And as we come to know the way personally, it is ours to live and share with others, to bring more faith, love, and hope to our families, our inner circle, our communities, and the world. Jesus expands our faith. He lets us see hope in any circumstance, and he loves us no matter what. I have found that Jesus loves me even more than I love me. God, thank you for being my foundation, that I may think, live, and give more. Thank you for filling me and flowing through me and answering prayer. If you're in the midst of one of the biggest opportunities in life or challenges in life, if you want to call it that, we can all pray, God, please fill me and flow through me. It's a simple request. He will answer. It is sustaining. I believe if you pray that prayer every day, multiple times a day, you will not just go through this. You will grow through this. And yes, somewhere along the way, you will be giving through this, whether you realize it or not. I hope with this prayer, you can find the way to not add anything negative to the circumstance that you're facing. I hope that you can find the way to be a light of faith, hope, and love. I hope that you can learn to be a benefit to yourself and find Jesus, the way to think, grow, and give becoming your best for him and the world. 
and even more so as you grow and learn to give, that you can become a benefit to others and share this message of the way to grow and give through your adversity. Hope you have a grateful day. I'm super thankful you tune in to Never Stop Getting Better. Follow Coach Perry and all the people he gets to interview. I'm thankful that I'm partnered with him in mental fitness training through our business, One More Benefit, and we can help people think better so they can just get a little more better, 1% a day, to live and give more. God bless. Hope this blesses you. Guardian caps are lightweight, one-size-fits-all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33% of the impact, depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive sub-concussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows. Used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges, and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian caps can help protect that helmet investment.